This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only. And I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. And if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Is at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. The Russian military has begun a brutal assault on the people of Ukraine. Without provocation, <clears throat> without justification, without necessity, 
This is a premeditated attack. Vladimir Putin has been planning this for months, as we've been saying all along. He moved more than 175,000 troops, military equipment and positions along the Ukrainian border. He moved blood supplies into position and built a field hospital, which uh, tells you all you need to know about his intentions all along. He rejected every good faith effort the United States and our allies and partners made to address our mutual security concerns through dialogue to avoid needless conflict and avert human suffering. For weeks, for weeks, we have been warning that this would happen. And now it's unfolding largely as we predicted. Welcome back to the Savage Nation podcast in these tragic times of Putin invading Ukraine. That's only part of the story. What you're seeing is half the story, not the whole story. What you don't see is the bigger picture. Why did this happen and why did this happen now? That is what I'm trying to explain to you today before the whole world goes up in smoke. In order to understand what's going on between Ukraine and Russia, I had to study it for about eight hours. And I try to explain what I think is going on on my appearance on Newsmax TV. Listen and tell me what you think. Joining us now for more on the Russian-Ukrainian war is the host of the Michael Savage podcast, Dr. Michael Savage. Michael, we are 24 hours into this war now. I want to get your general thoughts on where things stand and and Biden's weakness. But I'm curious, uh, you know, what are your thoughts so far in in terms of, you know, Russian opposition? Uh, Obviously, uh, we know that there are demonstrations going on right now in Moscow, reports of over 1,700 there. Uh, You know, are people supporting Putin in in, uh, this invasion? I'm not in Russia, so I can't comment, but I will say this. It's difficult to explain what is happening in that area without spending about an hour on it. And if I do so, I will sound like an apologist for Putin. And I think people need to understand the history of the region, which goes back at least a thousand years. And this conflict did not begin eight years ago. It did not begin 80 years ago. It began a thousand years ago. And I'm going to I'm going to spend an hour on this tomorrow on my podcast. But for tonight which is a news cycle. I would just like to say we need to understand who Zelensky is. He is a puppet of George Soros. We have to understand the mindset of Putin, who is a dictator and a tyrant, but how Zelensky challenged and provoked him for years now, ever since he was installed by Soros, provoked the Russian bear by sticking him over and over again. Just two weeks ago, he said, we're going to buy nuclear weapons. We're going to fight Putin. And a State Department official in this country said, if Putin invades, he'll go home with body bags. This is not diplomacy. Now, both the Ukrainian people and the Russian people have suffered throughout the centuries. We must emphasize they have both suffered throughout the centuries. But we must also remember that the Ukrainians had Nazi divisions in World War II, and the Russians never had Nazi divisions in World War II. People don't know this. But I am ancestrally from Belarus, which was really part of Ukraine in World War II. All my ancestors, a million Jews were killed by the Nazis in World War II. And they actually saw the Soviets as their saviors. Now, once the Soviets came in, it was not a picnic either. They also did horrible things. But there were Nazis in Ukrainian divisions, and there still are Ukrainian Nazis. So when we hear Putin say, I want to take the Nazis out, for the last eight years, there have, been, have you, there have been Ukrainian Nazis fighting the Russians. It's like World War II all over for them. So they never forget well, this. Well, Dr. Michael the Savage, Russians- 
Sorry. The Russians, the Russians Sorry, have a Dr. very Savage. long history in their mind. So Americans, I want to say this, like the underdog, whether it's in a sporting match or in a thing like this. They like the underdog. So it's natural for them to sympathize with little Zelensky. But he is a terrible man who has made a fortune in the these few years he's been installed by Soros. So it's not as simple as little guy faces big guy. Again, we have to understand it's a thousand years of Russian religious history. He says that he wants to recapture spiritual space. This is a terrifying phrase that goes back a thousand years of Russian religious history. He sees himself as rebuilding not only the ex-Soviet Union, which everyone is repeating over and over again like robots, but they have to understand he's also rebuilding in his mind holy Russia. It's an extension of the ancient Russian Empire. And unless people understand how Putin thinks, they'll never understand what's going on over there. We have a country that's only a few hundred years old. They have a nation that's thousands of years over there. And we don't understand any of what's going on, except in terms of the microcosm of little guy Zelensky facing the tyrant Napoleon. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Today, I'm authorizing additional strong sanctions and new limitations on what can be exported to Russia. This is going to impose severe cost on the Russian economy, both immediately and over time. We have purposefully designed these sanctions to maximize the long-term impact on Russia and to minimize the impact on the United States and our allies. I want to be clear, the United States is not doing this alone. For months, we've been building a coalition of partners representing well more than half the global economy. 27 members of the European Union, including France, Germany, Italy, as well as the United Kingdom, Canada, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and many others, to amplify the joint impact of our response. I just spoke with the G7 leaders this morning, and we're in full and total agreement. I'd like to continue where we left off on the Newsmax TV show, because I had only a few minutes. They were under a lot of pressure with breaking news coming out of Ukraine, where over 60 Russian battalion groups have entered, and rumors were strategic bombers were being readied for uh, bombing Kiev. It's a nightmare going over there. And before we continue, I want to repeat what I started to say, which is that both the Ukrainian people and the Russian people have suffered through the centuries. But the Ukrainians did have Nazi divisions that fought the Russians during World War II, and the Russians never forgot that. And to continue with that thought, there are still Ukrainian Nazi divisions fighting Russia today. So when Putin says he wants to wipe out or denazify Ukraine, that is what he's referring to. Now, it's easy to fall in line with the 
popular opinion that it's little Ukraine against big Russia. That is true to a certain extent. Little Ukraine against big Russia, and America tends to back the little guy, whether it's a sporting match or a, debate, a fight like this. But unless we understand what is happening in an historic context, we're not going to understand anything. There's a spiritual element to this, a religious element to this, a political element to this. And unless you understand the mindset of Putin and how the Soros-installed comedian Zelensky uh, has caused this to a great extent, along with Biden's incompetent fools who could have averted this through clever diplomacy and negotiation. Instead, they provoked Putin ever since this Zelensky was installed. Now, I have to go back in time to do this. I have to go back and talk about Zelensky being Soros's puppet. I need to tell you who Zelensky actually is. And unless you know this, none of this will make sense. And the only thing I can do on this podcast that you're not going to get anywhere else is to try to put this in a certain uh, context for you. I could also go back to 2013 when none other than John McCain went over to Kiev right after an election. I don't know if you remember this. This was a very big deal in um, 2013 or 2013 or 2014. John McCain went there while there was a pro-Russian government, and he tried to stir up a civil war in Ukraine. Did you hear what I just said? He went over to, to Ukraine years ago, December 2013, a so-called Republican senator, the turncoat John McCain, went there to support pro-EU protests and also to stir up a civil war in Ukraine against Russia. I don't know if you know this. I'll read you some of what he said. Senator John McCain on Sunday told thousands of Ukrainian protesters camped on Kiev's main square that Ukraine's destiny lay in Europe and that it would make Europe better. That's John McCain. He said... Ukraine will make Europe better and Europe will make Ukraine better. He said to crowds protesting against President Viktor Yanukovych's U-turn in trade policy away from Europe towards Russia. So in other words, he tried to overthrow an existing leader in Ukraine who was in league with Putin. And this was part of the EU leftist plan to undermine Putin. McCain went on and said, we're here to support your just cause, the sovereign right of Ukraine to determine its own destiny freely and independently, and the destiny you seek lies in Europe. Now, why would McCain go to an anti-government rally, and why would he try to stir up a civil war? Why would he do a thing like this? Why would he go there with a Connecticut Democrat, Senator Chris Murphy? And McCain gave an interview, of course, with CNN, at that time, saying what we're trying to do is try to bring about a peaceful tra transition, he's lying, that would stop the violence and give the Ukrainian people what they unfortunately have not had with different revolutions that have taken place, blah, 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 a real society. So again, he was in league with the, with the left-wing uh, administration, the leftists, both in America, the leftists in the EU, and with Soros money. McCain went there to attack Putin, and uh, he then went on to attack Putin. McCain said at the time, there's no doubt that Ukraine is of vital importance to Putin. I think it was Henry Kissinger, I'm not sure, who said that Russia without Ukraine 
it's an Eastern power. With Ukraine, it's a Western power. This is the beginning of Russia right here in Kiev. So Putin views it as most highly important, and he has put pressure on Ukrainians, the price of energy, different kinds of activities. The word is very clear that he has made certain threats. Whether he would carry them through, I don't know. So you're hearing right here that they were trying to weaken Putin, and this was on CNN. So that's the beginning. Now let's look at Zelensky. Who is Zelensky? Where did he come from? And uh, how did he get there? I have an article from December 3rd, 2019, the betrayal of Volodymyr Zelensky by Franklin Foer, The Atlantic. It's worth my reading it to you because it's very telling. Zelensky had won his country's highest office despite having been a politician for little more than four months. Even as he prepared to assume the presidency, he remained a professional comedian and a fixture on television shows, including League of Laughter. Can you believe this? This is like having Howard Stern run America. He goes on. There is remarkably, he writes, a fictional version of Zelensky's rise, the one he tells in, quote, Servant of the People, the sitcom in which his character unexpectedly becomes the president of Ukraine. Zelensky plays a teacher lifted from obscurity after a student surreptitiously records him ranting about the prevalence of corruption and his vituperative monologue goes viral. And against all expectations and despite the fact that he doesn't campaign for the job, in this sitcom, the teacher is elected president of the nation. Because he doesn't trust the old ruling class, he surrounds himself with his oldest friends, appointing inexperienced chums to the most important post in his government. The article goes on. Art was tracking life. Many of the actors who played these chums turned functionaries were Zelensky's old friends. Since the 1990s, they had been the core of his comedy troupe, and some were his classmates before that. Listen to this now, folks. When Zelensky won the presidency, life tracked Art right back. Zelensky stayed true to the script of his sitcom, installing his old friends his original writing partners, the head of his production company, and his lawyer in the highest positions in his administration. Are you listening to this? Now you're going to hear about the corruption of Zelensky. Television success didn't translate into wealth, at least not initially. It took Zelensky years to parlay his fame into an entertainment empire of concert tours, films, and televised variety shows. And because his movies were in Russian, he profitably exported his work to much of the old Soviet empire. He's a native Russian speaker, by the way. In 2012, that's 10 years ago, Forbes Ukraine reported his company's income as $15 million. Zelensky was rich enough at that time to purchase a 15-room villa in Tuscany, a property he neglected to, de to declare during his presidential campaign. I'm going on now in the betrayal of Zelensky written by Franklin F.O.E.R. in The Atlantic. But there's more to this that needs to be discussed on this podcast of mine that is very important for you to hear. And many people believe that the current president in Ukraine is not legitimate, that he was installed through rigged voting, and they are called Ukrainian nationals. And so that's another thing. Not everyone thinks Zelensky won fair and square. We're going to talk a little bit more about Zelensky a little later on. We're also going to look into the mind behind Putin in a moment and his spiritual destiny.
But before I do, let me get back to Zelensky. There's a few things you need to know. He was a puerile, vulgar comedian. He was a puerile, vulgar, disgusting comedian. In one sketch, Zelensky pretends to play the piano with his penis. You think that's funny? He almost has brought the world to nuclear war. And on the show Evening Kvartal, actors would impersonate politicians and oligarchs who would sometimes demand that the program be canceled. The year after Putin's annexation of Crimea, Kvartal 95 cut its lucrative ties with the Russian market. So his company cut off the Russian market. Zelensky said, I don't want to have anything in common with Russia. There's a little bit more that you need to know about this vulgar comedian Zelensky. In a BBC interview, Zelensky credited Monty Python as a primary comic influence. But he's also said that his style is more Benny Hill. Vladislav Davidson, the editor of the Odessa, of the Odessa Review, told the author of this article, quote, his comedy was vulgar, puerile, and working class, what the Russians call bizarre humor. In one signature sketch, I'll repeat this, Zelensky pretends to play the piano with his penis. That is who is now bringing the world to the brink of World War III. Now, when I come back here on the Michael Savage podcast, I'm going to hope to give you things that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And we will talk about how Soros installed this disgusting, vulgar, low-life comedian into Ukraine and set off the nightmare that we are currently witnessing. I'm Michael Savage. Please share this with 10 people, because what I'm giving you, you're not going to hear anywhere else. Thank you for listening. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. And the good news is, NATO is more united and more determined than ever. There is no doubt, no doubt that the United States and every NATO ally will meet our Article 5 commitments, which says an attack on one is an attack on all. Over the past few weeks, I ordered thousands of additional forces to Germany and Poland as part of our commitment to NATO. On Tuesday, in response to Russia's aggressive action, including its troop presence in Belarus, and the Black Sea, I've authorized the deployment of ground and air forces already stationed in Europe to NATO's eastern flank allies, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and Romania. Zelensky, the fictional Zelensky and the real Zelensky, is a corrupt, vulgar comedian who became president installed by the European Union and the West. What happened then? He is now trying to drag the entire world into war, saying unless Russia is defeated by the European Union, Europe will be attacked by Russia, which is highly unlikely, if not impossible to believe. As I've told you before, he made a fortune as a comedian, good for him, had a production company, good for him, put all of his friends into the government, who are now running Ukraine, by the way, would be as though Howard Stern became president of the United States and put his comedy writers and producers 
and technicians uh, into major positions. And I told you earlier, he became rich enough 10 years ago to have bought a 15-room villa in Tuscany, which was a property he failed to declare during his presidential campaign. What you also don't know is that he was a puerile, vulgar comedian. In one of his sketches, the vulgar comedian Zelensky, who now wants to drag the world into war, pretends to play the piano with his penis. Did you hear that one? Does that bother you? Now, of course, that doesn't justify what's happening in terms of killing civilians. I get that. But you need to see the context of what happens when you put someone who's not capable of the position into a presidency. And now we look at Putin again. A thousand years of Russian history must be understood. Great article must be read by Giles Fraser in, on a website called unheard.com. It ends by saying we show how little we understand by thinking that a bunch of sanctions is going to make a blind bit of difference. They won't. Ukraine is an inalienable part. Ukraine is an inalienable part of our own history, culture, and spiritual space, unquote, said Putin. That is what this is all about, said the author, spiritual space, a terrifying phrase steeped in over a thousand years of Russian religious history. You have to understand how Putin is thinking. He does not want the degenerate West polluting Russia. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That is why the far left progressive psychopaths who have destroyed America and destroyed the European Union with their degeneracy hate Putin. Now, where is this coming from? Am I supporting Putin's um, invasion? Am I supporting Putin's bombing of Ukraine? No. But you have to understand where he's coming from in order to understand where we might go. And so let me read to you a little bit from this article by Giles Fraser about Putin's spiritual destiny. He writes, threatened by an uprising of his treacherous generals, the Christian emperor Basil II, could be Basil II, based in the glorious city of Byzantium, reached out to his enemies, the pagans over in the land of the Rus. Basil II was a clever dealmaker. If Vladimir of the Rus would help him put down the revolt, he would give him the hand of his sister in marriage. But first, Vladimir would have to convert to Christianity. Are you following this? Returning to Kiev in triumph, Vladimir proceeded to summon the whole city to the banks of the river Dnieper for a mass baptism. What was the year? 988. This is the founding, iconic act of Russian Orthodox Christianity. It was from here that Christianity would spread out and merge with the Russian love of the motherland to create a powerful brew of nationalism and spirituality. That was in 988. Let's pause there. A powerful brew of nationalism and spirituality, which is anathema to the European Union and the United States of America under Biden. They hate nationalism. They hate spirituality. What happened next? Well, what has, centuries later, Soviet communism, <clears throat> centuries later, Soviet communism tried to crush all this, but failed. And in the post-Soviet period, thousands of churches have been built and rebuilt. Though the West thinks of Christianity as something enfeebled and declining, in the East it is thriving while it is dying in the West. Do you understand what's going on here? 
At the heart of this post-Soviet revival of Christianity is another Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. Many people don't appreciate the extent to which the invasion of Ukraine is a spiritual quest for him. The baptism of Rus is the founding event of the formation of the Russian religious psyche. The Russian Orthodox Church traces its origins back here. That is why Putin is not so much interested in a few Russian-leaning districts to the east of Ukraine. His goal, terrifyingly, is Kiev itself. Do you understand where Putin's coming from? He continues, Putin regards his spiritual destiny as the rebuilding of Christendom based in Moscow. It's not just, Rus- Ru- it's not just Russia. It is holy Russia, part religious project, part extension of Russia's fo- Russian foreign policy. The Western secular mind doesn't get this. It looks at Putin's speech and it describes him as a madman, which is another way of saying we do not understand what he is saying and what is really going on historically. Great article, Giles Fraser, unheard.com. That's some of the background. Again, let's not lose sight of where this began contemporaneously. December 2013, John McCain went over there like a stooge, and he tried to stir up anti-Russian sentiment and provoke a civil war. He went and he spoke to Ukrainian protesters camped on Kiev's main square and said, we are here to support your just cause. Now, why the hell did McCain go there? Why did he try to stir up a civil war? Why? I'll let you figure this out. This has been going on for centuries, and McCain was a stooge of the West. I've also taught you that Zelensky is Soros' puppet. Now, behind all of this is the incompetent, senile Biden administration. Let's not forget why Biden is thriving from this terrible tragedy uh, that the Ukrainian people are facing. Biden has screwed up the country and the world. Inflation, shortages, gas prices, division between people, hatred between people, crime wave in the United States. There's nothing better for, for Joe Biden than this war. Never forget this. He'll try to keep this tension going on as long as he can. This is Michael Savage trying to explain what is happening without being an apologist for Putin. And you need to understand the history of the area to understand the mindset of Putin and how the puppet Zelensky challenged and provoked Putin for years since he was put in place by Soros and other interests. Now, I know that Americans tend to like the underdog, so it's natural for them to sympathize with Zelensky and Ukraine. I understand that. I hope you understand that I'm not apologizing for Putin. I'm trying to explain where he is coming from. This is Michael Savage. We'll continue in a moment right here on the Michael Savage podcast in these troubling times. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We are closely monitoring energy supplies for any disruption. We've been coordinating with major oil producing and consuming countries toward our common interest to secure global energy supplies. 
We are actively working with countries around the world to elevate collective release from the strategic petroleum reserves of major energy-consuming countries. And the United States will release additional barrels of oil as conditions warrant. I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me. But this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. This is who we are. Now, I want to move on to why Putin in a blitzkrieg seized Chernobyl. It's not an operational nuclear power plant. Chernobyl, the meltdown, remember that? So it's a dormant nuclear power plant. And yet Putin, in a blitzkrieg attack, seized Chernobyl almost at the outset of this war. Why? Well, let me go back to the beginning of what happened in Ukraine, which was once a nuclear power when it was part of the Soviet Union. Bill Clinton supported the nuclear disarmament of Ukraine, and many Democrats supported that as well. At the time of the fall of the Soviet Union, Ukraine had the third largest nuclear arsenal in the world. They controlled some 5,000 nuclear weapons, including long-range missiles that carried up to 10 thermonuclear warheads, each far stronger than the bomb that leveled Hiroshima. Are you listening to this? So in 1992, Ukraine signed the Lisbon Protocol, wherein they agreed to return the nuclear weapons it had inherited from the Soviet government and send them back to Russia. But some members of the Ukrainian parliament increasingly voiced concerns over total nuclear disarmament, fearing a future conflict with Russia. So through 92 and 93, Clinton, the Clinton White House in Russia, worked to convince Ukraine to give up all of its nuclear weapons. And after much political pressure, Ukraine gave in in 1994, but only after the U.S., Russia, and the U.K. agreed to protect Ukraine in the event of a future attack on the nation's sovereignty, as well as a lot of financial support. What happened was Ukraine dismantled its nuclear weapons, gave them up, and gave President Clinton and the Russians a diplomatic victory. And that is where we are today. Ukraine chose to give up nuclear weapons when the former Soviet Union dissolved. Your decision has made the Ukrainian people, the American people, and the entire world much safer and more secure. We have also been heartened by the bold steps Ukraine has taken over the past several months to foster free markets. Those were the right steps and the international community has given the right response. Large-scale assistance to help Ukraine stay on the path of reform. I want President Kuchma and the Ukrainian people to know that the United States and the West will stay the course with you. People say had Ukraine maintained at least part of its nuclear arsenal, it is highly unlikely Russia invaded today. But you have to ask yourself, why did Putin, in a blitzkrieg strike, 
take the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, which is dormant. A source told me that Ukrainians hid their nuclear, nuclear weapons at Chernobyl. They kept many of them, and they've kept them in Chernobyl. Now, what is that all about? Why would they put that, the, the nuclear weapons that they kept in Chernobyl? Why? I mean, if this is true, because you have to think about this for a minute. Even though it's a decommissioned nuclear power plant, it still emits radiation. Remember, it melted down many decades ago. It's still emitting radiation, Chernobyl. So what better place to hide nuclear weapons than in an area which is already emitting radiation so that the signature of, this, of these emissions would cover the storage of active nuclear weapons, if that is true? That's just a thought, just something for you to think about. Now, the Democrats are already exploiting war for their narrative. Jen Psaki, the biggest liar in the history of the American presidency, already is blaming Russia for the inflation that's been in place under Biden for several years now. Can you believe this? She already exploited the war, saying that the inflation we're experiencing is a result of Putin's war in Ukraine. This is typical of this corrupt, lying administration exploiting the war for their narrative not to be outdone by any of this is the biggest criminal in the history of the presidency barack hussein obama he put out a statement on february 24th on ukraine with the typical you know milk and cookies blah 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 free people of the world condemning russia blah 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 every american regardless of party should support president biden's efforts blah 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 to impose hard-hitting sanctions on Russia, sanctions that impose a real price on Russia's autocratic elites. Like he's not an autocratic elite who made hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, in his deals while in the presidency. He's an oligarch, just like the Russian oligarchs. And then the Obama statement goes on to say, there may be some economic consequences to such sanctions, but that's a price we should be willing to pay to take a stand on the side of freedom. Freedom. Jokester. For over the long term, says Obama, we all face a choice between a world in which might makes right and autocrats are free to impose their will through force or a world in which free people everywhere have the power to determine their own future. Hey, Barack, what do you think about the truckers having their trucks seized and their bank accounts frozen by your pal, a ballet dancer, Trudeau? He closes by saying, Michelle and I will be praying for the courageous people of Ukraine, uh, for Russian citizens who have bravely declared their opposition to these attacks, and for all those who will bear the cost of a senseless war. Very, very uh, sophomoric, I would say. I really don't imagine that Barack and Michelle are on their knees in their palatial estate uh, praying to Jesus for peace. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. It has to show, this is going to take time, and we have to show resolve so he knows what's coming. And so the people of Russia know what he's brought on them. That's what this is all about. This is going to take time. It's not going to occur. He's going to say, oh, my God, these sanctions are coming. I'm going to stand down. He's going to test the resolve of the West to see if we stay together, and we will. We will, and it will impose significant costs on him. 
specifically with the sanctions we've imposed exceed SWIFT. The sanctions we imposed exceed anything that's ever been done. The sanctions we imposed have generated two-thirds of the world joining us. They are profound sanctions. Let's have a conversation in another month or so to see if they're working. There's much more to be said, and people are saying it, which we've picked up from blogs here and there. And I'm going to give you a potpourri called What People Are Saying. The minute I can put my hands on it, uh, it'll take me a moment to find all of this material. I have collected much of it. I have given you much already, and I will give you some more, but it will take me a few moments to find what I have collected for you. Here they are. Social media comments. People are saying, let the EU step up. They have been embracing socialism while dependent on the U.S. military for their defense ever since World War II. Another person has said this. We abandoned Hungary in 56, the Czechs in 68, and now the Ukrainians. Life will go on and the market will rebound. The West will forget about this like they did the other incursions. The world, for the most part, is being run by people born in the 1960s who never studied history. The Ukraine has a long and complex history of ping-pong politics due to its natural resources and vast tillable land for agriculture, oil fields, and its rivers for trade and access to the Mediterranean Sea. Another one writes, the liberals are already blaming Donald Trump. Liberals believe the dinosaurs were destroyed by the asteroid because Donald Trump was born 45 million years later. Oh, God, that is funny. Another person named Tanner Bramell wrote this on social media, which I picked up. As a Ukrainian national, you now have two, maybe three choices. You can support your current shadow government or you can support Russia. The third option being to unite the clans and rise up against both. When I say shadow government, I hope you all see what I'm saying. China wants Ukrainian resources, the oil, the gas, and the metals. Russia wants Ukrainian resources. The EU and even our own government wants the resources. Without war, the way for countries and corporations to acquire said resources is through political infiltration, done through buying politicians. In this way, at least four of the world's superpowers have been leveraging where they can for any and all political power in the Ukraine. Ironically, he writes, there is a larger portion of society that believes the current president in Ukraine is not legitimate, that is Zelensky, that he was installed through rigged voting. I would call these Ukrainians Ukrainian nationals. Now would be the perfect time for China to sanction the USA. This, another proxy war of many of the world's nations, writes another. People are talking. There are other things that are being written and picked up on the Internet. And I'll read some of them. This is written by a Brentley Keene, and he says he stole this from Steve Johnston, a former U.S. Navy operations specialist. Tell me what you think. He writes this. Here's what you may not know about Ukraine. Two areas that border Russia, the DPR and LPR, had already declared themselves independent. They have been under attack by Ukraine for eight years. 14,000 have been killed while the world largely ignored this. That was the original incursion, by the way. They appealed to Putin about a week ago to recognize their sovereignty. Putin agreed, also agreeing to offer protection from Ukraine's military. This was ratified by all three parties. Putin sent in so-called peacekeepers and told the world he was going to protect them. Ukraine didn't take any of it seriously. The Ukraine bombing attacks continued and two more died. Russia upheld their end of the bargain and retaliated against Ukraine, 
And, of course, now has invaded Ukraine after taking out their entire air defenses in just over an hour. He writes, you could decide if that was justified or not, but it's the same as Article 5 with NATO. One nation is attacked, NATO responds. He writes, but wait, there's more. The Ukraine government was installed by you, but the Ukraine government was installed by the U.S. deep state. That is why, though you likely haven't heard it, Putin stated he wasn't going to allow these deep staters to ruin Ukraine. We all know about the Biden's corrupt dealings in Ukraine. But do you know about the Democrat money laundering and child trafficking? And that's just the start. Ukraine is a deep state vassal state, not a country. It's a territory being used by U.S. Democrats to steal, kill, and destroy, he writes. He continues, Putin may not be as bad as you've been told. He just may be saving the Ukrainian people from the very same people that are destroying the U.S. and the rest of the West. One more thing, writes Brentley Keene. One more thing, writes Brentley Keene. Russia threatened that any nation that interferes will see consequences never seen before. Likely, he's referring to a hypersonic nuclear missile first strike. If the U.S. gets involved, be ready for war on American soil. Putin has shown he's not screwing around. His military is much smaller than the U.S. NATO's, but their military technology is far more advanced than anything the U.S. has. The U.S. has no way to stop Russian hypersonic missiles. But Russia's S-500 missile defense system can take out the United States's, the U.S.'s. In a nuclear war, Russia is the likely victor, and most, and most neutral commentators agree with that. We all better pray. I agree with that. But I have to say something that you may not expect. I give Biden credit for showing restraint. You heard me. He's shown remarkable restraint, thank God. He declared just today that he would not remove Russia from a certain banking system. That is interesting unto itself. And you have to understand that this is going to end pretty quickly uh, and turn back into the Cold War that existed before Biden became president, that, that existed uh, many, many decades ago. Of course, the Cold War was, was reignited by Biden's uh, team. The fact of the matter is we have the highest inflation since 1982, and the war will make it worse, and Biden will become increasingly uh, desperate. But thus far, Biden has shown remarkable restraint, and we have to give him much credit for that. I guess you never thought I would say that. But as I say to you, the truth shall set us free. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. This is a very difficult topic for all of us. Let's pray for the people of Ukraine. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.